chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all he was seen of me also, as one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so ye believed. Paul didn't want them to ever forget the gospel of Jesus Christ. He assured them the gospel, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, was indeed the truth. The proof was that over 500 witnesses witnessed the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus left no doubt that he was indeed the Savior of the world, the beloved Son of God. All right, let's look at verses 12 through 23. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then I will preach in vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Now, for whatever reason, there were some Corinthian believers that did not believe in the resurrection from the dead. Paul brought understanding and assured them that Jesus indeed did rise from the dead and became the first fruits of them that slept. Now in the Old Testament they had the festival of first fruits when they would bring the first sheaf of grain to the Lord. This meant that there would be more to come. The fulfillment of that is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He came back from the dead in a glorified body and this is our hope. Because he did it, and because we are in him, we too shall receive a glorified body. We shall be just like him at his return. All right, let's look at uh, verses 24 through 28. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. 
for he must reign till he had put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, for he had put all things under his feet, but when he said all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him, that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Now, then cometh the end. The end of what? The end of the age. At the end of the millennium kingdom, Christ will put down all rule and all authority and power. Debt shall be done away with. There will be no more dying in the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ. All right, let's look at verses 29 through 31. Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead, if the dead rise not at all? Why are they then baptized for the dead? And why stand we in jeopardy every hour? I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. Now Paul is saying here that if Christ be not raised from the dead, then they are foolish to put their lives in danger. He says, I am foolish to make the sacrifices I have made. My life stands in jeopardy every hour. I am constantly in danger of debt. All right, verse number 32. If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantages it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Paul says here, why should I be put in a lion's cage for my faith in Christ if Christ did not rise from the dead? If Christ did not rise and if the dead would not be resurrected, then we might as well adopt the hedonistic philosophy of the Espicurians who said, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. All right, let's look at verses 33 and 34. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Now, Paul was disappointed in the Corinthian believers who still didn't have the understanding of the resurrection. He then admonishes them to stop sinning because there will be a resurrection. All right, let's look at verses 35 through 49. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up and with what body do they come? Thou fool. That which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bow grain, it may chance of wheat or of some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, uh, another of fishes, and another of birds. There are also celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of, of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. 
Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And as is the earthy, such as they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Paul says here in a nutshell, just like the creation of God has different flesh, we should have a different body at the return of Jesus. The physical bodies of ours were sown in corruption, but it shall be raised in incorruption. Now, there is something to note here. The first Adam was a living soul, but the second Adam, which is Jesus, was a quickening spirit. In Christ, we were made a quickening spirit also. And at the return of Jesus, we shall receive a body that matches who we are, and that is eternal beings. We are eternal beings waiting for our eternal body. All right, let's look at verses 50 through 58. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither do it corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Debt is swallowed up in victory. O debt, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of debt is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, Paul brings assurance to the Corinthian believers that Jesus will return and that we all shall be just like him. And because of our blessed hope, we ought to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For we know that our labor for Christ is not in vain. 